that song was released about a week or thereabouts. We thank God for his faithfulness and welcome those that are joining us. I think a number of people are joining on Zoom. And we welcome those that are already on Facebook. God bless you. Uh, just to put some finishing checks on both Zoom and Facebook. Yes, I think we're good now. God bless you, everybody. Thank you very much. Um, okay, I think we should be good across board now. Yes. Thank God for his faithfulness. Thank him for, thank God for his love and his, his loving kindness. Thank him for his, his with us. Thank God for another week. Uh, just say a word of prayers uh, while we, I mean, okay, just a minute. Yes. Bless God for his faithfulness. And thank God uh, we finished the Old Testament and we're going straight into the New Testament. And coincidentally, uh, those of us who are, who've joined us to read Bible in 30 days, <clears throat> you know, actually also today mm -hmm. uh, marks the end of the Old Testament uh, in, our, in our monthly, in our Bible in 30 days uh, challenge. So we'll go straight into the book of Matthew um, and then... Uh, just take a few lessons there and move on. Father, we thank you for your grace. Thank you for your presence. Father, Lord, as we go into your word, we ask you go with us in the name of Jesus. We ask that your presence will be with us, that your love will be with us. We expand these words in our hearts in the name of Jesus and to benefit us in the name of Jesus. You speak to us yourself. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. Okay, so the book of Matthew. Um, okay, just a few things. Uh, I'll read the introduction. Then there, there are a number of things I would have loved to share. Um, I'll share my screen. Only those on Zoom will be able to uh, benefit that. Others on Facebook, I'll, I'll try and um, I'll try as much as possible to 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 explain it so that we can get what we are saying uh but uh we should understand that this book is a bridge between the old and the new testament is like is an opening is an opening to another dispensation and it's 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 a very good one at that even though it wasn't the fourth book that was written in the new testament but it's great that it started the new testament because it brought uh, it, uh, it, it brought both history and theology. In fact, it believes that history is theology, uh, according to Matthew. So it brought them together. It brought them to uh, forefront and linked uh, the Old Testament with this new thing that is about to happen. Then, um, of course, his audience were Jews. Uh, uh, so in, it, it reflected in his way of writing, even though the guy is an amazing scholar, an amazing literary uh, uh, giants. I mean, the, the, the writing, the style of writing was great. Uh, so, but something that should also uh, impress us about Matthew, the person of Matthew was, is a, is a tax collector. And you understand that uh, at that time, tax collectors were seen as, as bad people or evil people. I mean, uh, so it is now worse for a Jew to be a tax collector. Tax collectors, I mean, the Jews see them as oppressors. Uh, they are Romans who come. Uh, and, and, you know, in, in those days, the tax taxation system is not as, um, is not as uh, easy as or interesting as, as these days. So they could just arbitrarily charge you. They could they do a number of things. Oh, you've not paid, even though you've paid before. So it's bad enough that those guys were, were taxing them. Now for a Jew to join the Romans, to tax uh, fellow Israelites, you could understand the, uh, the, the height of betrayal uh, 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 
other Jews will feel to Matthew. So when Jesus decided to call him to be his, his disciple, so you could understand where Matthew was coming from. This was a guy that, um, some extra biblical facts, um, I mean, if you've seen the movie, uh, The Chosen, I mean, it, it, brought, it brought a number of context to some of the things we're reading. Uh, some extra biblical facts also made us understand that um, it was well-to-do, Matthew was well-to-do. Uh, he bought the house as a teenager because he was working as a tax collector. His, his, his mathematics skills are, are, I mean, are great. He could, he could hold numbers and um, account properly. So uh, that was why he was, he, was, he, was, he was being used. But to his fellow Jew, Jewish brothers, in fact, he cannot walk in, in, in public. They will be spitting at him. They will be doing all sorts of things. So we can understand where he was coming from and how, how he embraced the grace um, or, 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 yes, the grace that Jesus bestowed upon him when Jesus called him. Okay, so uh, let's go. Yeah, so Matthew. Let me do, I'll just read the introduction, then um, I'll go to a few things that uh, I would love to share, then we'll conclude from the manual. Introduction, tradition beholds that Matthew is a writer of the gospel according to St. Matthew. Now, why, why, open, why open this book like this? Because the, the book never said, I, Matthew, wrote this book. Uh, it never gave uh, the name of the author, but traditionally it was just held that Matthew uh, um, read, uh, wrote the book. The early church fathers unanimously agreed that Matthew or Levi, because you will see at the calling of the apostles of the disciples, um, it was called Levi in Luke, I think, Mark or Luke. Uh, so, but some other people, I mean, that, so Mark or Luke called him Levi, but it's still the same guy, Matthew, son of Alphaeus, was a publican. Matthew sees no difference between history and theology. No wonder it has been strongly held that the gospel of Matthew coming first is no accident. It stands as a superb transition from the Old Testament to the New Testament, a swinging door that connects the Old Old Testament reader to the New Testament. Although, like the Old Testament, the New Testament is written in exact chronological order, the Gospel of Matthew does make perfect preference, preface for the Jews to the new and better covenant. For Matthew, the kingdom of God is priority. Yes, I need to also say that uh, Matthew was always hammering on the kingdom of God, the kingdom of, uh, the kingdom of heaven. Now, uh, we need to, let me just quickly balance that. Uh, a number of theology and a number of uh, people have said, uh, what's the difference between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven uh, that Matthew was talking about here and a number of things. I've, I've, I've read a few things about that. Um, actually, because Matthew was, was writing to a Jewish audience, and he will not want to um, offend their sensitivities. So uh, the Jews naturally will not call God, will not call the name of God, because um, uh, it's one of the one of the commandments. One of the commandments of Moses is that thou shalt not call the name of your Lord God in vain. So the Yahweh that we shout anyhow in 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 this part of the world. Uh, a Jew will never call Yahweh. In fact, um, uh, uh, the, the, the vowels R and A were introduced by, by us, by the, by the church. Uh, the Jews uh, will not call Yahweh. They will not call the name of God. Uh, in, in the Jewish, this thing is actually Y-H-W-H. Uh, that's the transliteration of Yahweh. So, um, so uh, it, the, because the normal thing, they don't call the name of God. Uh, they don't pronounce the name of God. Um, so uh, it, it will be insensitive for, for someone to, to, to start to fill his book 
uh, with God. And uh, so that was, that's, that's why he was, you see that he, most of the places that other writers wrote God, he wrote heaven, uh, things like that. So there's nothing, no difference uh, between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven in this context. Uh, Matthew was just writing to Jews and he wouldn't want to offend their sensitivities. Uh, so, uh, and this is also a, a lesson to us uh, as uh, Christians, as um, missionaries, when we get to places, we, do, we shouldn't offend people's sensitivities, uh, things that people hold there in the name of gospel. Uh, we shouldn't, um, shouldn't, we should be careful not to offend them, not to, not to shake the table too much. So uh, that was what happened here. Okay, so let's just go, let's go further. So it was talking about the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven for the priority. The book is a perfect ending for the 400 year divine silence between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Matthew has a special appeal to the Jews because of the line of Jesus Christ, which he traces to all, which he traces all the way back to Abraham, the father of the nation of Israel wanting them to understand that not only is Jesus king, but also the predicted long-awaited Messiah. No wonder the phrase repeatedly stressed in the book, son of God or son of man. Yeah, uh, it's in, in other, in other, the other ones that was calling him son of God. So you, you, you find uh, son of man more often in this in this book that son of god just for the same reason he wouldn't want to offend the sensitivities of the jews it appears eight times in the book uh it is the most jewish of the gospel writings it presents the most apologies of the gospel writings it presents it it presents the most systematic program for israel and a messiah it mentions the kingdom of God and heaven more than any other book in the in the New Testament. Okay, let's just go to uh, for those of us on Zoom. Uh, I will share my screen. I will, there's something I want to see because uh, I don't want I don't want people I don't want it to be too abstract. <laughs> Excuse me. That's why I didn't um, as I quickly prepared something. Uh, on like a, a slideshow. Okay. Okay, please on Zoom confirm if you can see my screen. Yes. Sir. Okay, thank you. Okay, so let's just look at it. Uh, this is this will be the crux of my teaching. Uh, just it's about five slides actually. Um, number one. Uh, I've said it is a is a traditional author. I, I call him traditional scholars. We call him traditional author just because of what I've said. Uh, it's not um, categorically written that he's the author. He's a tax collector, and I've also explained that um, why that is important because he was seen as a betrayer by his fellow uh, Jews, and one of the twelve. We know that. So the aim of this book, the aim of the author is to, number one, present Jesus as a fulfillment of the Old Testament. That was his aim. Um, uh, Tola, are you able to open your Bible? Can you help us with uh, uh, Matthew chapter one, verse one, and then Matthew chapter five, verse 17. He opened the book straight by saying, Jesus is the Messiah, no stories like, it was so direct. Matthew 1 1. Okay. Matthew chapter 1, verse 1. Yeah. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the mm. Son of God. Straight. The, the Son of Abraham. Straight up. No, no, straight. You understand that? That opening shows you that. This is where I'm. I mean business. I'm not trying to then be diplomatic and then at the end now say, "Oh, he's the son of God." From the beginning, boom. Uh, Five seventeen. 
5.17. Yeah. Do not think that I came to destroy the law mm. or the prophets. Mm. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. So is, is the aim is to present Jesus as the fulfillment of Old Testament. So as we've, as we've read, aim number two was to harmonize the teachings of Jesus with Old Testament. Because at the end, when Jesus uh, resurrected, where they were wondering, should we still follow the traditions of our fathers, or what do we do, um, and blah, 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 things like that. Let's just read this ones for 417 and then 1352. Matthew 417, Matthew 1352. Uh, so harmonizing the teachings of Jesus with Old Testament. Okay, Matthew 4, 17. Yeah. From that time, Jesus began to preach and mm. to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Mm -hmm. uh, 1352. 1352. There is like a owl who brings out of his treasure things new and old. Go on. Okay, verse 53. Now it came to pass when Jesus had finished these parables that he departed from there. Oh, so maybe it's that one. 51. 51. Yeah. Jesus said to them, Have you understood all these things? They said to him, Yes, Lord. 52. Then he said to them, Therefore, every scribe instructed concerning the kingdom of heaven is like a householder who brings out of his treasure things new and old. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, that, that, thank you very much. So, bringing the Old Testament, not, not to say that we are not killing the Old Testament. And that's another mistake that a lot of Christians make. Because, and I've always wondered, if, if the scripture of, of Christianity is New Testament, then why, do, why does the Bible contain Old Testament? If we are to, to, to jettison the Old Testament, why does our scripture not just have Matthew to Revelation? So, it, it is wrong. I know some people that will never preach from the, from, they will never even quote from the Old Testament. So, it is wrong. Uh, it is an extreme. Uh, and like we, uh, I was discussing with someone earlier today, earlier this week, and we're talking about extremities and balance. And uh, guys uh, had a uh, background in biochemistry, have a background in microbiology. And we're like, let's look at it. Even the nature of God itself, the essence of God, balance is actually in the nature of God, the essence of God. Because in, the, in, uh, in life sciences, you know that these microorganisms are needed in this specific amount. If it is too much, it leads to a disease. If it is too little, it leads to a disease. You just need the exact amount. Same thing with, uh, okay, what's the difference between sterile water and pure water or clean water? Sterile water is that there are no organisms at all, not living thing in that water, it's been sterilized. That kind of water is not healthy for you. You need some impurities. You need a little bit of microorganisms in, in your water for it to be drinkable. Your palm, you can't wash your hands and wash away all the germs, all the microorganisms in your hand. If those microorganisms are not in your hand, your hand will wither, your hand will die. So God, nature has shown us that God itself, himself is a God of balance. So it is a balance. You don't lean towards one side and leave another side. So we need that balance. So uh, then aim number three is that he, but he elevated Jesus's teaching. And I mean, let's not go into that um, because of time. Uh, those, uh, to read those scriptures, but you can write that down. I think that's 520, Matthew 520, Matthew 28, 18 to 19, uh, elevated the teachings of Jesus. Uh, then it shows that Jesus is king. 
of the Jews and Savior of the Gentiles. Okay, I think this is not too long. Let's read chapter 2, verse 1 to 2, then chapter 28, verse 20. In fact, that chapter 28, let's start from verse 18. Uh, two people, someone should open to Matthew 2, 1 to 2, and that person, Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Let's go. Okay. Matthew 2, 1 to 2. Yeah. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his stars in the east and have come to worship him. That's Matthew 1, Matthew 2, 1 to 2. Hello, I can't hear anything. Hey, sorry, sorry. Uh, my explanation, I, I was on mute. Well, let's read 28. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. I, I, sorry, I was on mute when I was talking. So I will explain both together. Let's go. Matthew All authority in heaven and on Therefore, Go and make disciples of all nations, hmm. baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Okay, God bless you. Thank you very much. Um, number one, the first. Okay, you. The first, uh, the first. Uh, uh, Let's. I mean, uh, passage you read was talking about the kingship of Jesus, that the Magis came to worship him, that who was born the king of the Jews who came to worship him. Second one is talking about, oh, I'm, I've given you all authority. Go and make disciples of me from every nation. So king of the Jews, savior uh, of the Gentiles. Okay, um, now let's look at the the... The, the, the book is divided into three major parts. The prologue, or like the introduction, and the main body, and then the climax at the end. So let's look at the prologue, uh, or the, uh, would I call it introduction now? Now, straight is started with Jesus is the Messiah, like we read in chapter one. I'm not joking with you guys. Jesus, okay, sorry. Jesus is the Messiah. So now, uh, three things. He, he, he introduced him as the son of David in that genealogy. He took it to son of God. And then he, he, he gave him the name Emmanuel, God with us. So son of David, why? Because David is the most powerful king, in fact. King David forever is being is the most powerful king in the history of the nation. So linked him with that David decline. Abraham is the father of the nation. All of them are children of Abraham. Linked him with Abraham, then Emmanuel, God with us. Now he also he also made us to realize that Jesus was the cum, culmination of all the scriptures. Uh, both the, the Gentiles and the Jews, because it linked Jesus with the likes of Ruth, Rahab, who were not necessarily, I mean, who were not Jews, who were Gentiles, but his lineage also passed through those people. So, um, like David is coming as a king, and like Moses, like David is going to reign as a king, like Moses, because Moses is the most powerful, I mean, most respected prophet in Judaism. Like Moses is also going to teach, uh, 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 teach the law, teach people the, the, the precepts of God, and which we're also going to look at. 
uh, in a bit. So uh, Davidic kingdom, uh, that everlasting kingdom that God promised to establish for David, that's the kingdom of heaven. And then like Moses, who was like the first president or the first head of state of the, of the, of the nation, a kingdom on earth. Okay, uh, let's go to the next one. Okay, so now there are five sets of narrative. Five sets. Hold on. Five sets of narratives and teachings. Now, uh, if you if you followed our teaching on the Book of Revelation, I said there that uh, uh, prophecy in the in the Jewish mind is different from prophecy in the Greek mindset. And the number of the church these days, we, we, we view prophecy from the, from the Greek mindset. Prophecy in the Greek mindset is prediction and fulfillment. In the Hebrew mindset, it is pattern. It will come after the order of Elijah. It will come in the spirit of Elijah. It will come, there is a priesthood after the order of Melchizedek. So the, the Jew or the Hebrew looks, looks at pattern to see fulfillment of prophecies. Unlike nowadays, that it is what I, I predicted yesterday, it came to pass today. So now let's look at the patterns. Five sets, Pentateuch or Penta. Moses wrote five books, believed, was believed to have written the five books in the Torah or what we call the Pentateuch in, in Christianity, to, uh, Torah in Judaism. So, and Jesus gave these narratives in five sets as well, and also taught in five uh, sets, or five sets of teachings, five sets of narratives in the book of Matthew. So the narrative, uh, and the coming through is the first narrative, uh, God endorses Jesus, Satan tempts Jesus, and then the people follow Jesus. Those are the first uh, set of narratives. He ended those first three narratives with the teaching about the Sermon on the Mount. And the Sermon on the Mount is actually the, I mean, is what, um, the Sermon on the Mount is what climaxed, uh, that's, that's actually the doc doctrine of Christ. Everything, everything we are building in Christianity is surrounded on the sermon on the on the on the on the beatitudes on the sermon of the mount, um, so that's the first set of teaching and narrative. Second set of narrative now comes uh, in threes, three miracles, three miracles, three miracles. So just did those set, three sets of miracles, then ended that second one with sending the twelve. So the third one. Um, was people confront Jesus. Jesus rebukes uh, 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 opposition, and then Jesus withdrew from the crowd. Uh, I, 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 I mean, I read, I read the book of Matthew, I think yesterday or so, or, or this morning. Now, how, how did Jesus withdraw? Or why, why did Jesus withdraw here? That was just when John the Baptist was killed or murdered by Herod. Jesus, if you read that, Jesus was mourning, was, I mean, you could sense, you could see that Jesus was mourning his cousin. And he withdrew, he went to a solitude place, a little solitude to just, to just, I mean, ease off his mind and things like that. And people came, people followed him there. And what really thrilled me is that despite the fact that he had issues, because Jesus who had emotions was, 100% man was still mourning someone. Bible says he looked at them and he had pity on them and attended to them, started healing again. Despite the fact that he had his own. So I had to just uh, highlight that part in my, in my, in my Bible and like ministers and ministry. I mean, you will leave your own and be attending to other people. And God will reward all our ministers in Jesus' name. I mean, even Jesus himself so be encouraged, uh, if you're a minister and you're listening to this, be encouraged, uh, even our Lord did that. So, uh, so he ended those three, uh, 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 those three narratives with the teaching on the, 
on the parables about the kingdom. Then narrative number four, talked, he, he gave narrative about faith, Peter's revelation, uh, and, and blessing, then faith again. Then he ended that narrative with a teaching on the greatest or the greatness in the kingdom. Uh, this was when two mothers, God bless our mommies, uh, two mothers came to press button and use leg and connection to say, hey, Jesus, I have two sons. Let one sit on your right hand and the other sit on your left. And anytime I read that place, I'm like, ah. so other people's children call, like, <laughs> you don't even say, okay, take one of them and let them sit on one side so that at least another person's child will sit on the other side, like, but I mean, it is well. <laughs> so the fifth narrative and teaching uh, looked at power struggles. I mean, uh, then hypocrites confront Jesus. And then Jesus ended it with judgment in the coming kingdom. Okay. Uh, next slide. Yes. So Jesus climaxed the whole teaching. Uh, with this, uh, a new covenant like that of Moses. Moses gave the, the the Ten Commandments. Jesus gave a new covenant. Oh, you heard that was like this, but now I say unto you, this is what you should do. Uh, and then Jesus was crucified, uh, uh, both by the by the hands of the Jews and Rome. So it wasn't just the crucifixion. I think I was having a conversation a couple of weeks ago or days ago with some people. I'm like, and I'm like, the crucifixion is not the cross. It's not, it's not the, it's not, it's very important, but it's not the biggest of all deals. The cross is not the biggest of all deals. The biggest of all deals is resurrection. Because at that time, a number of people were crucified. I mean, crucifixion was was. There was an extra biblical fact so, that uh, when I think the disciples had issues with Roman government, uh, uh, the governor at that time was crucifying 10 people per day until they come out and, and turn around or something like that. So a number of people were crucified. Peter was to be crucified, but he had to be crucified upside down so that he's, he, won't, he, won't, he won't have the same uh, punishment like his savior. So uh, crucifixion, uh, even though it was predicted, it was prophesied, wasn't the crux, wasn't the greatest, but resurrection. All these people that were crucified died, never rose, but Jesus rose again. That is the big deal. In fact, resurrection was so, so, so much of a big deal that people paid money to silence it. I mean, that was a big deal. That was the biggest of all deals. And Many people don't know this. Uh, in Christ Apostolic Church, uh, you won't find us, even if anybody's going to have a, a representation of the cross in the church, you won't find Jesus still on that cross. Except anybody that is doing that is not trained. Any pastor that is doing that, uh, or maybe forgot the training. Because we don't believe Jesus is still on the cross. Jesus has left the cross. So even if you're going to have a representation of the cross, just like you're seeing on the, on the screen, it's just the cross. We know that it's the cross that brought the salvation. It's through the cross with God's redemption. But the biggest of all deals is that Jesus is no longer on that cross. It's reason. So Jesus rises again. And now, when he's leaving, he appeared to disciples. Now, back to this, gave three things. The Great Commission he summed up. The, this this whole thing I'm about to say summed up into what we call the Great Commission. Um, uh, uh, authority. He, he, he now has the authority. He says all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. And then um, and then he brought in uh, uh, a new set, I mean set of people into the kingdom. The 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 uh, 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 what's it called? Uh, the Gentiles are now brought into the kingdom, and then he says, "Go into all the world and preach the gospel." So go and win souls. The Gentiles go bring them into the fold. Uh, 
So disciple all nations, then uh, 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 teach and command. So he asked them uh, to do three things uh, in there. Uh, he has the authority uh, here. Let me, let me see if I can annotate. Apologies for the Facebook people if you can't see the screen. Uh, all authority has been given to him in heaven and on earth. Go and make disciples of him of all nations and then teach his command. Then I am with you always. Now let's look at how this uh, clear all. Let's look at how this how this uh, commits into into what we started with. Then we'll now take uh, a few of the of the of the lessons in our notes, and then we can take questions. Now look at this. Let me annotate again. Uh, and you can see that this is the same color. So look at this. It says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. David had an, the authority of a king, but David didn't have all authority. So this is, this is kind of <laughs> a radical thing to say. David didn't kind, have all kinds of authority. But when Jesus was living, he said, all authority has been given unto him. Now I said, we should go make disciples of him. Where is my cursor? Go make disciples of him in every nation, just after the order of Abraham, who is the father of all nations. So now, uh, uh, okay, like Moses, he says, teach. My commandments, this is teaching here, teach my commandments just after the order of Moses who taught the people the commands of God and the things God wants. Then he climaxed it and ended with it. I am with you always. Where he started with God with us, Emmanuel, God with us. And that is just the whole summary of the book of Matthew. That is Matthew in a Giphy. I hope uh, I hope I was able to, like we say in primary school, convince you and not confuse you. Yes, so that's just the whole uh, book. In summary, you can take a screenshot if you want, or I can send this to you if you want. You can just request later. Yeah, so let's go back to... Yeah, a manual. So I'll just read a few things in the manual. Then we take, wow, time is gone though. Then we take a few questions. Yeah. Yes, let me just take this. Um, by, by, tr by tracing the line of Jesus, linking him up to, up with the covenant, lineage of Israel, Matthew presents Jesus as a rescuer who comes to fulfill the Old Testament. The theme of Matthew is Jesus, the Savior King. It introduced him, it introduces him as a king in presentations by ancestry, by advent, and by ambassador, and through approval. Uh, please, if you have this this uh, pamphlet, you can just read these those. Uh, you can read those those scriptures, uh, one one to seventeen, one eighteen to two twenty three, then chapter three verse one to twelve, chapter three verse thirteen to chapter four verse eleven. Those are long reads. Now, as a king, what are his credentials? I'm just going to read this. Uh, he has power over diseases. He has power over demonic forces. He has power over men. He has power over nature. He has power to forgive. Um, this, this is very important when it comes to the deity of Jesus, proving that uh, Jesus Christ is God. He has power to forgive sins. He actually said it, he forgives sins. He has power over tradition. He has power over death. He has power over darkness. He has power over dumbness. His power to delegate authority 
Okay, let me just read one more point or two more points, the last two points. Matthew is Matthew is the only gospel containing the word church. Christ builds his church for harmony. Uh, Matthew 16, 18 to 19 was when Peter told Jesus, you are Christ, the son of God. And he says, flesh and blood, I don't reveal uh, uh, this to you. On you, Peter, I will build my church and the gates of hell cannot prevail. From the few things I've seen, I've learned from my fathers and mentors. One of it is that a true church of God cannot die. A true church cannot die. Or maybe, maybe it's just a covenant of God on our patriarchs in CAC. Maybe I could, I could, that could be it. But a true church of God, it, let me say a true Christ apostolic church cannot die. No matter the storm, ups and downs, the church cannot die. The church will not die. They may dwindle, they may, they may lose members, the population may go off and on, but the church cannot die. Because Jesus said, I will build my church. So no matter what the gate of hell is saying or doing at this time, go and sleep, relax. Then it's not your church. Like a number of our fathers have said this. Like the boy has said it. Uh, uh, the president of CSC has said it. Pastor Iswaladele. A number of people have said it. Is it your church? I will build my church. That's what you're now of the church. Then you will build it. So as a young minister, pastors on my timeline that are listening to this, go and sleep. It's not your church. Yona said he will build it. So let's uh, remove the pressure from our head. There's God. Okay. Now, Matthew foresees the church, the church's worldwide mission. Jesus intends the gospel to start with the Jews, but lay the foundation for the Gentiles to come and admit him as Lord. That is the visit of the Magi. His inter interactions with the Gentiles, such as People from Syria, the Decapolis, a Roman centurion, and a Canaanite woman. Then he gives the Great Commission. What is your attitude towards the Great Commission? I mean, the Bible says he who wins his soul is wise. But as much as our activities in church is good, the greatest thing to do, the main thing, the main action is evangelism, the Great Commission. Go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. Not recycle members. Go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Go and make disciples. That's what the, that's what the scripture says. Okay, conclusively, if you have questions, please start typing them out. I'll After reading the conclusion, I'll go across all the medias to see if there are questions. Then if you're on, on, on Zoom, just raise your hand if you have questions. The book of Matthew is the book of Jesus, written about Jesus for Jesus' people in order that they may put their faith in him and to preach to and teach the world about him, his ancestry, birth, sacrificial life, atoning death, glorious resurrection, and reassuring ascension. May we be assisted to better appreciate the relevance of this book in an individual day-to-day -day living, as well as in the smooth running of the affairs of the world around us, individually and corporately, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, do we have questions? Let me check first and foremost on Facebook. Okay, any question on Facebook, either the page or otherwise, the other one, let me check this. Or any question on Zoom? Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, just one question uh, from my side. Yeah, you mentioned something about the cross, um, and something just came to my mind. 
that uh, yes, Jesus is no longer on the cross. Uh, so most of our churches, I mean, CAC churches, whenever we see anything like cross, we, we don't see something like that on it. Jesus on the cross any longer. So um, I want to ask, when I was young, uh, they used to say that whenever I want to pray for the Holy Spirit, receive the Holy Spirit, so we should uh, um, open our hearts and uh, see Jesus, picture Jesus on the cross, mm. picture him on the cross, and uh, by so doing, we receive the Holy Spirit. So, I want to ask: Is that uh, is that right? So, is it biblical, actually, to picture it oh. that way? Okay. Um, thank you very much. Lovely, lovely thoughts. There are a number of things that our children teachers, teenagers teachers, did in the best of their abilities, in their innocence, in trying to explain some of these complicated things to us. And they were just innocently trying to help us, not that they wanted to mislead us or be erroneous. Uh, and it will work because it's not the action, the closing of eyes or whatever that gives the Holy Spirit. It's a thirst. The, and it's God that even gives the Holy Spirit. But if you're thirsty for him, he will give it to you. He will give him to you. So, um, but it's a way of, of, of fixing our mind. I've read the story of someone that they, they, they had a seven-day revival or something like that just to ask for the Holy Spirit. Everybody received the baptism of, almost everybody, don't even say everybody, but a number of people received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This one was thirsty for the Holy Spirit. He didn't receive after seven days. They finished the revival and nothing happened. Ah, like God, I want you to fill me with the Holy Spirit. So when he got home, he'd been fasting, just told his wife to prepare me a cup of tea before he breaks it, just to use that to break his fast. As he took that cup of tea, the Holy Spirit entered. And he started speaking in tongues. So, was it to be wrong for me to start telling people to take a cup of tea to receive Holy Spirit? So, it can come in any way. But our teachers at that time were just using the best way of um, fixing our gaze. Um, I would say people should imagine the beauty of resurrection like do you understand so asking you to look at picture jesus on the cross is not that they mean that jesus is still on the cross but it's just a way of getting our imaginations or our, our minds to connect in order to receive uh, i listened to someone's sermon i've forgotten the person but it's an american preacher who says um, the way uh, he organizes healing crusades, people with, in quotes, uh, smaller cases or less complicated cases, stomach ache, headache, um, just small, small cases where the ones he will pray for first. And those ones will be sharing their testimonies. And I was asked, why do you do that? So that the faith of the ones with the chronic uh, diseases will rise so that because without your faith rising without you in your mind and your heart getting to a particular place there is no miracle that will happen there is no healing that will happen so he does that to raise their faith that oh god if you can do this in quote small case you can do my case so that is a strategy that's that doesn't mean that's how god works everywhere he's just trying to to get people's faith aroused so our teachers, I won't say they were wrong. I won't say they were they were teaching us heresy or errors, but it's just a way of, and you know, we we know in parts. And I mean, God has helped us to know more than our teachers. Uh, so if you just uh, do better than what they did, and then um, so I think uh, someone someone said he's joking me. Uh, it's a joke. I apologize for saying it. That the wisdom of Solomon to to say they should cut one child into half. That wisdom was a, a great wisdom 3,000 years ago. It does, it's no longer, it's, <laughs> if you do that now, yeah, yeah, oh God, what, what's wrong with you? But then, I mean, that was the first time, wow, wow. So what was wisdom 20 years ago, 50 years ago may not be wisdom now. So I won't say our teachers were wrong, but they, that was just the best way they could. 
um, express or help us to be focused. I hope I was able to answer. Any other question? Okay. Uh, thank you very much, everybody. Who is there to pray for us? Uh, I think Mommy Tayojo is there. Yes. Mommy, thank you very much for coming. Mommy, please uh, omit yourself and, and pray for us, Matt. Close the meeting with a word of prayers. Are you there, Mommy? Okay, maybe she's trying. She's having difficulties. Are you there, Ma? Okay, Akobi, can you please close the close the meeting for us with, with a word of prayers? Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. My last time, Father, we thank you, worship you, we give you the glory. We give all the honor and adoration for your word tonight. In your name be praised in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for the appreciation. We thank you. We thank you for the series, for the study so far. We thank you because you have taught us expressly from the throne of grace. We thank you for what you've used these words to do in our lives and what you are using, what you are, what you use this word to do in our life. In your name be praised in the name of Jesus. Amen. Oh Lord. What we have learned tonight, the grace to make use of it given to us in the name of Jesus. Amen. The grace to continually get new revelation from you, you give unto us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Will not depend on past revelation or past experience only in the name of Jesus. Amen. Your word will be new, we come afresh into Amen. our lives in the name of Jesus. Amen. Even where we have studied, you are going to interpret it anew to us in the name of Jesus. Amen. The devil will not take hold of these words in our life in the name of Jesus. Amen. And at the end of the day, we will not be guilty of these words in the name of Jesus. I pray the pressure you've used, you're going to equip him the more in the name of Jesus, more inspiration, more anointing in the name of Jesus. This program will not die in the name of Jesus. I pray you're going to pull your people so that they can enjoy this weight of knowledge in the name of Jesus. As we go tonight, go with us in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, because you've answered our prayers for in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Thank you very much. For those of us in Abuja, we meet on Saturdays, uh, 8 o'clock for evangelism, and then our services, 8 a.m. on Sundays. Uh, God bless you. I'll see you on Saturday and Sunday. Have a wonderful evening. Bye.